listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Katie. <laughs> I'm so freaking tired. So my executive producer started working at having to be there at seven. So I've been waking up really early. A lot of executive producing going on if he has to get up at seven. <laughs> Right. <laughs> a lot going on there. <laughs> um, so this is the Inclusive AF podcast. This is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. With your spy glasses on this episode, which is good. Mm. So if you're just listening, I would suggest you go over to YouTube and check out the Catwoman spy glasses we'll go with. Is that cool? I don't know, but I'm totally putting a camera in them now that you said spy glasses. <laughs> they look like I can fit them. <laughs> <laughs> totally works. It works. Uh, so on on this episode, we are are very fortunate. Uh, we have a, a guest, uh, and um, we are excited about this guest for a couple reasons because of some of the the great things they're doing, and then also just talking about what they do for their live stream. So, uh, Bo, I will turn it over to you to introduce yourself and, and share a little bit about yourself. Super, super honored to be here. Thank you for asking me. I am Mo Maureen Berkner Boyd. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. I am a white woman with mid-length red hair today. I've got it straightened. Sometimes it's curly. I'm rocking some red frames. I'm wearing a black t-shirt that says Everyday Inclusion. And behind me is a bookshelf with all kinds of um, books and goodies. Um, I often say I am an accidental tech CEO. Um, so I founded Moxie over a decade ago, but doing this work my whole career and founded Moxie over a decade ago because um, I hit that breaking point of something's got to change. And then I looked in the mirror um, and said, all right, well, walk your talk and um, started this to make workplaces more inclusive and really started with a gender lens first and then very, very quickly realized um, that it's got to be everybody thriving every day. Uh, and we just kept pivoting. We've never ever looked away from that being our purpose. How do we create workplaces where everybody thrives? Because then what we do is create a ripple effect that creates a positive tsunami, right? We start to solve, we know business solves the big issues like clean water, access to education. And so if we can have workplaces where everybody is bringing their best and brightest, we can we actually have a shot at, at solving some of those issues. Um, and tech became a way to scale inclusion. Uh, that's why I say I'm an accidental, you know, we didn't do sexy tech for sexy tech's sake. We did tech because everybody's got a phone and they're checking it all day long. So it became this frictionless method um, to, for people to become more inclusive. And for fun, I mean, if you care about that, yeah. you will, if I am not doing this, I am out on a trail somewhere backpacking. Awesome. Feed my soul. I'm glad you said that because you would not find us there ever. We would never find you there. I was well, like, it is know. funny. So my, <laughs> my husband, um, he's really into like weighing our packs and like, you know, all that thing. And I'm like, yeah, and don't forget the wine. Because <laughs> that's coming in every time. So right. those, ounce, those ounces won't be going out, but those ounces will be going in. 
Absolutely. So uh, is the Camino on your list then of, of backpacking or have you already done it? It's not on our list. We are, um, we've, we have backpacked on five continents um, and, uh, and, and feel incredibly privileged. Let me just say, right. To be able to say that um, we're, and now that we're aging up into um we're starting to say let's do the hardest things first and then we can back we can back down so that one's lower on the list okay okay i was just thinking with the wine you know you would have wine throughout the entire trip on that one so uh that's one of the reasons why it's on my list (laughs) (laughs) um okay cool very cool well I, I love that you're using the language of thriving because, you know, we recently had, um, it, it, so uh, Erica Hines was on and talking about kind of uh, black women thriving and, you know, some of the work that she has done there. And so I, I love that you're using that language, kind of going beyond the belonging piece and talking more about thriving because I think that's, that's where we want everyone to be. So I, I love that you're, that you're going there. So tell us about Moxie. So, 10 years in. And so are you like, what are you working on right now? Yeah, we're actually close to 13 years in. Uh, I will say what we're working on now is um, getting everyday inclusion in as many people's hands as possible. So we we launched the app and I'll walk out on neuroscience just for a second, if that's okay. We love it. (laughs) When we saw a huge gap in the marketplace that there was all kinds of like people scrambling to hire for diversity, whatever that means, right? Like that's some people aren't diverse and then let's hire for people that don't. And I know you've had that conversation. Um, and, and lots of things around, I would say in the last two years around pay equity, around some different things, but inclusion and belonging is literally every single person all day long. Um, and so we saw people looking at different points in the talent cycle, right, where they were trying to eliminate bias or do different things. And that's absolutely needed. Um, And diversity and equity are really handled at that systems level and at that leadership level. And again, inclusion, belonging, every person all day long. And there was nothing, um, nothing to equip people for that. And we kept seeing, um, you know, whether it was uh, okay, we're going to do this leadership development program. And in that, you know, we're going to embed unconscious bias. Cool. Then what happens? Um, and then what happens, right? How do you weave this into everything? And we found doing this work for as long as we have, most people are what we call NBC, nice, but clueless, um, right? They're not, they don't mean to show up and throw down a bunch of microaggressions every day. They don't even know they're doing it. And they need to understand it doesn't matter if they're nice. What matters is their impact. And if we're not giving them tools to be nice and inclusive, right, to manage their impact and to be smarter, um, then nothing changes. Right? And, I, and if you look at why nothing has changed, um, it is when you think about even just the importance of an inclusive meeting, right, and the behaviors of an inclusive meeting, because that's where ideas are shared, right? That's where credit is given. So it's like these basic building blocks of every day that was missing. 
Um, and I was speaking at a conference, I walked out and everybody had their phone in their hand and like, had it been a cartoon, there would have been a big light bulb over my head. So I was like, well, that's it, right? That's how we give people those everyday tools. And so we're really dialed in and hyper-focused on getting this tool in as many people's hands as possible. You know, because it's got down to a level of, let's say I've got a coworker who's Hindu, I'm ordering lunch, I can go into religions and practice and find out I should probably order something vegetarian so they can have it, right? So what could have been a microaggression is now a microaffirmation um, to, you know, so it's, it is an, an, an ability to reach people that, that typically are left behind in all of this. You know, 80%, I think, of folks are deskless, right? They are either, you know, they're shift workers, they're retail, they're healthcare. So traditional spray and pray training doesn't work. It's not sticky. Um, so again, we're, when you say, what are we working on? What are we focused on? We are focusing on delivering excellence in the app. You know, we keep adding cool things, different parts of gamification, different content, different functionality, um, and then just scaling that because we're hearing back phenomenal things. And I, I have to tell you, I, when I say accidental tech CEO, I will never look at an app the same way again. I want to know more about the app. Like, how are people learning? Tell me more about what kind of feedback like what is the most surprising feedback that you've gotten oh so most surprising feedback i will uh there was some feedback and i wouldn't say it was surprising it was super affirming um so one of our clients is a private wealth management company right so we have everything from manufacturing to healthcare to private wealth management um and there was a gentleman who cis white non-disabled christian like literally every we call him tailwind privilege that you could have he had him. and he didn't want to use the app and he had a co-worker also leader all the privileges who was using the app who said you just check it out right you can delete it if you don't like it and he started using it and he's like, I thought this was gonna be something that was gonna make me feel bad for being a white guy. Um, he said, that's not the case at all. And he said, I'm learning diversity is so much more than race and gender. And, and now he's like this internal champion because we, we are looking at things like neurodiversity, disability, age, race, gender, LGBTQ+, like all of the, um, mental health and it i think it is opening people up in a way that we were really hopeful that it would but to have like that resistor right we talk about like you know you're trying to get the people in the middle of the bell curve he wasn't the 20 percent that aren't even the stadium and are never going to get there right because right there's that 20 percent. but he was probably like 21 21 <laughs> percent right um, so that's cool. The other thing that we're loving hearing is people are like, I'm using it with my grandson. Um, you know, my teenage daughter was mad. I went to a conference and she wasn't able to do the daily nudge with me. So well, that ripple effect that we were really hoping for where people are, they're not just using it with their coworkers, they're using it with their families or using it in their communities. And I will say, 
wine seems to be a theme here, but I was having wine with my adult um, nieces and my brother and sister-in-law and um, gender neutral pronouns came up. And they were like, Mo, like, tell us. <laughs> I just handed them the app. I was like, listen, y'all, it's Saturday. <laughs> I need a break. And then they use the app. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> I wanted to ask, do you, when you have an app, like if you do work with a client or, you know, whatever organization and they have the app, do you have anything within that app that supports people from diverse communities as well? Like, I don't know if I would be ready for someone to be to come up to me and be like, oh, you're Jewish. So I guess you don't want a bunt cake because your mom died. Like, what do you have to support people from those diverse communities while people are learning? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what we say is this is a tool to learn, right? So that instead of turning to the people in the community and saying, educate me, um that you are using this and and throughout the app we say no one person speaks for an entire group of people no one way of doing things is um, inclusive for everybody you use this as a bridge right to say i learned this is that inclusive for you right rather than making assumptions or or like there's that whole i'm just going to avoid people Right. So it is not like we say, ask, use curiosity, well-placed curiosity, not not educate me curiosity. But I learned this and on my team because we really, really lean in and give tools to team leaders. Um, there's all the data, right, that supports that people don't leave companies, they leave managers. They're not just leaving that manager, they're leaving the culture that that manager has allowed right, and created. And so we have weekly team plays where it's designed to be maybe three to five minutes, right? It's the start of a month, open the calendar. What are some things that we can learn together um, about, you know, is anybody celebrating any of these things? Are any of our clients if they're externally facing? So it's really about leaning in together to the learning. Um, and, and what do you do if somebody screws up, right? How do you have those conversations? So I think it is, um, it's not a solo journey the way that we've designed it. It is much more a team. I mean, there's, there's the individual use case for sure. And we do have the gamification and you can share badges and you can earn, you know, disability pride month badge. Um, but at that team level is where you really start to change culture. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men, and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth, and together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did that answer your question? Not really, but I appreciate it. I think yeah. it, I think it shared a lot of stuff, but I get it when you talked about the team, the team aspect of it. Well, and and it is giving tools, right? If somebody's like, I'm not in a place right now, right? It gives them the tool 
even there to say, I'm not in a place right now. Right. Like, and sometimes that's good. I mean, I think it, when you're looking at the broader picture, there's like something there for everyone. And the reason I bring up the question is because like part of what we have to change is just make sure that everything that we implement and as we all go through this, you know, DEIB journey together to make sure that it's not cisgender, white, Christian, you know, focus. And so in the meantime, there's been a lot of people that are from these communities that suffer while somebody else is doing their learning, right? So it's like, how do we support people who are members of those diverse communities while the organization is, is learning? And there's no perfect answer. It's not a trick question. I mean, no. the answer could be like, oh, we don't have anything like that. Because I think that, I, th I just think it's interesting. I think, and I think one of the things, so you go back to one of the things that's surprising. I would say one of the things, again, not surprising, but it's how much people are understanding they might be a part of one community, but they don't know anything about another underrepresented community, right? So there's, um, we get asked the question, like, what company is doing this well? And our, our answer is unpopular because I'm like, no company is doing this well but there might be teams that are doing it well, right? And, and there are teams that are, that are horrible. And that's why I say when leaning into it, it's leaning in at that team level because there's individual journey, but there's for sure the people that you spend the most time with, how is that group learning together? And I think there's different pieces to learn. And I know I, I, get, I get the team learning. We are, you know, as we always, learn and iterate and iterate and iterate and oops, okay, and redo and redo. It's a constant redo, just in case. Yeah, I think it's interesting because we also have um, in the app inclusion interviews. Um, and those inclusion interviews, they're, they're everything from um, somebody who's autistic, um, uh, bipolar, biracial, I mean, all kinds of different, right? And we ask the same questions. Um, you know, what do you wish people knew? What do you wish people would stop doing? What language is inclusive? How can people be a good ally? So it's like this living library. And it's, it's really interesting because to a person in every single one of those interviews, it's like, just get to know me, right? Spend the time to just get to know me. But that's everybody just really wants to be seen, right? Like that's a part of our human experience. I just want to be seen, right? I want you to know me. I want you to, you know, ditch any preconceived anything and just get to know me. And so I think that's um, a part of what we're trying to do is that idea of don't make me the person that is because I'm a part of a community um, don't make me the person that you're relying on for your education. Don't make the group, the marginalized group, do all the work. Yeah, yeah my, um, my daughter is in the app um, and she tends to curse like I do. Um, and one of the things that she says in the app is, I don't know you shit. Right? That's a, that's a part of, right? That's a part of her, um, of, of her interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that's great. So uh, it, when folks, so do you usually 
is this a team tool that is used or is this something that an individual could go and just buy it themselves or how does it have what is the approach you normally take when you're like who do you sell to i guess maybe it's the question i'm trying to ask mm. so great uh great question um so it is we we sell to organizations so we have everything from like i said large manufacturers like ford um to really small organizations um you know we've got some nonprofit. we've got banking and finance were really across the board. Something that was surprising to us um, was how many small businesses have really leaned in and used the app. They're kind of using it as the, the center of their DEI um, programming, right? Because it can be used, whether it's the curated content guides and, and badges or those team leader, they can hook up the app and they can use it for, um, for learning events, right? Or like, you know, celebration of, let's say, um, Hispanic Heritage Month, right? They can show one of the interviews, look at some definitions, look at some calendars, so any number of things. So um, our buyer really depends on the organization and how strategically um, kind of where, the, where they are overall as an organization so it can be the chief diversity officer and it can be a program manager um, in HR. Um, what is super interesting is how much in the last two years, and I'll say actually in the last year, learning and development is more at the table. Um, mm -hmm. And in the last 18 months, ESG. Oh, yeah. uh, Right. The, so there's, and, and we tend to say, we know that there are some organizations, not many yet, um, but we know there will probably be more that are doing this to check a box, right? Check a PR box. And I say, I don't really care. Great. Bring it on. Because we know the more people that get this in their hands, the better. So they might buy for that reason, but we know that we have impact once we're in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was just thinking like you could, you know, if you have an employee resource group or a um, employee resource groups really use it. Yeah. yeah like employee resource groups are, they're loving it because we've got programming for them, like, like badge challenges. There's really cool, interesting competitions happening with who can earn badges. It's yeah. programming for them. So many ESGs are being asked to come up with content, come up with programming. We got them covered. Awesome. What do you do about just like I am thinking about even in the last three, three, four years, the evolution of diversity, equity and inclusion and just, you know, language and how we're talking about certain things. And, you know, I'll use the example of ally, you know, that, you know, it, allyship was such a, a critical piece. And then it was almost like a, a bad word in this space and now i think it's kind of come back around to you know hopefully what it should be but i'm curious to know like what do you do from an evolution perspective as new concepts new ideas things change oh my gosh this is one of the reasons that i love that it's an app um if you even just look at the language and concepts around um gender identity Mm, yeah. Right, those have been around forever, right? Gender identity, right? Different gender identities. The gender spectrum has been around forever. The 
the language to describe and for people to be able to self-identify, right? It's just getting so rich and amazing and changing all the time. Um, we can go in and we are tweaking content every single week. We're adding, we're tweaking. We actually just got, we, and we have super strong feedback loops, both with our clients and users. So users can send us through the app like, hey, there's this definition. I'm a part of this community. Um, and so we're, we're really listening. We got one just this week around deaf and hard of hearing and some things that we can do to split up some definitions and identify. Love that, right? Because this topic, it's like mercury, yeah. right? It, it changes, it evolves. And that's the thing that's so exciting about it too. So we're really, really, really do deep listening probably when we get together with our customer advisory twice a year, we talk a lot about content and then their customer success partner, we're talking about content. Like I said, we've got through the app itself, right? We're users. So it's fun. It's fun. Um, we've got a strong, on the team, we have a strong background in obviously DEI, but also learning and development, organizational development and change management. Mm -hmm. And so all that's really embedded and woven in. And the L&D part, companies can deliver their custom content through the app. We geek out with them on like what's appropriate to be in nudge format, right? What really fits to be delivered through this app? How can you think about it? And, and so, you know, the, the meet the moment is, you know, we added a whole section on politics um, and not taking a political stance, but how do you not let external politics impact the right when, and, and we have global users, but it was right when the last election was happening and it was so ugly. Um, what do you mean? When, yeah, right. When COVID hit, we added Chinese flu. Don't use. It's racist. Here's why. Right. So again, that's versus before I was an accidental tech CEO, right? We had micro learning courses. We had, you'd have to go back in the studio. You'd have to reshoot. You'd have to redo all the, it's so much faster with it being an app. That's awesome. Um, and so like, did, did Moxie then start off as more of like a learning tool, like more on-demand trainings? Is that where you started from? And then it switched to this app? No, Moxie started as peer advisory for women. Got um, it. Okay. That's, I was like, uh, so I know the company and I was like, this is not what I remember you guys for at all. So, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Right. When I say that we have we, this is like Moxie 4.0, right? We just kept saying, how do we create workplaces where everyone can thrive? We started with women, right? And then quickly expanded from them to say, cause women were like, cool, leaning in till I fall over, systems broken, right? And then we started working on like, how do you actively interrupt bias? right, in your talent systems, and then switch to some micro learning and then switch to, right, so, and then really this, what's the, what's the everyday thing, right, where I can pick up the app and say, I need information right now, or a team can say, hey, let's learn together, um, or an ESG can grab, ESG, ERG leader can grab it and say, hey, let's do a badge challenge, but we're, what we're really doing is saying this rhythm of inclusion. Um, right, what's happening daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly. We built in inclusion pulse surveys. 
So if people want to measure very specifically the emotion of inclusion at the team level, at the individual level with your manager, it's four questions, right? And delivered right through the app. So there's data that's getting collected on the backside that's really compelling and interesting. Um, we made sure because there can be so much blame and shame about this topic, like I feel like I should know something or I'm embarrassed and I'm afraid to say or do the wrong thing, like all the things that people say all the time, aggregate anonymous data. We don't collect a speck of personally identifiable information. But what we are collecting on the back end is how are people leaning in and engaging with the tool? So I come from, um, a manufacturing background originally. When you're in a manufacturing background, there are it's a safety culture, right? It's the things that everybody does all day long. Like you walk into the plant, you put in your earplugs, you're wearing your steel toe boots, you're walking through the painted walkways, you have the safety minutes, right? Those are things that are available to everybody, not just your leaders. And it is behaviors that people do all day long. Inclusive cultures are no different, right? It's the set of a hundred choices that I make all day long. Like, am I gonna interrupt you or not, right? Am I gonna give you credit for what you just said or not? Am I going to ask you to touch your hair or just go in to touch your hair or not? Um, and so when you're looking at the data on the back end, program managers are able to say, wow, we're seeing people that are favoriting content. They are showing that they're using it multiple days in a row. They're, they're getting streaks. They're sharing their badges. So it's showing that data of people leaning in um, and doing the work and the learning um, continually. It's also giving some data-informed insights. What are people searching for in the app? And again, aggregate anonymous. And what screen views do they have? Um, and then what content are they favoriting? So we're starting to see almost every organization has been surprised, right? About some of the data that they're seeing in their one company, they were like, we had no idea that uh, we needed to really lean in on generations in the workplace because our content around stereotypes around generations. Um, another organization super surprised at how much people were looking at and searching for information around religion. And so then instead of them having to guess what programming, right, what conversations, right, maybe they want to host some fireside chats, maybe they want to give some things to their ERGs around that content, their folks are telling them. And so you're, you're getting this kind of both the behavior side of things and then the, the interests um, and, and what people are needing information about, which is super cool and compelling. We released our um, 2021 Metatrends report. I'll send you a copy. We're seeing some interesting things shape up for 2022. One of the things that was no surprise, and we talked about it already, um, you know, top of both screen and search was gender and gender neutral pronouns. Right, there were some things up there. So, and it was really a combination of what to say and, and what to do, right? Lots around language and words and lots around how do I do things. And then I'm super, there was another part that was super fun because we added a section to the app um, that are biographies and quotes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we added that section, the inspiration section, because of the cool research that if you're reminded of people from underrepresented groups doing cool things temporarily reduces your bias. Um, that and the team were kind of on a personal tear that there are a whole bunch of people that we were never taught about that we should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, that content is also some of the most viewed content in the app, which is fun. Oh, that's very cool. I, I, I think that's something obviously that we've seen, you know, come up very recently of just, you know, some of the, as you said, just the history that we were never taught or taught a certain way and this whitewashed way. So that's very interesting. So I do have a question. You said, you know, you don't collect any PII data and you do aggregate. So are you able with the aggregate data be able to say like all of the women in the workplace, all of the X in the workplace, or like I, I, I know you're saying anonymous, but also aggregate. So I'm just wondering, how do you collect to see if there are differences in how the men and the women in the organization feel about a certain topic or whatever, you know, whatever grouping you want to talk about? Yeah. So we wanted everything to be GDPR compliant. And again, we wanted, so a couple of things. We ask every organization to position this as a benefit versus mandatory, right? Yep. And anything related to DEI, if you make it mandatory, less effective. Um, the way that data can be sorted is by date range, um, role, so from individual contributor up to C-suite. Um, and then there are two custom data sorts. So if somebody wanted to do something, for example, around demographics, they could. We haven't had anybody choose to do that. You can, but it's like business unit and then functional area within that, for example. So you can go in and you can see are my individual contributors in this business unit, in this functional area, what are they doing? Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. We do suggest for the Pulse survey data that Um, And I would say probably 75% of the companies that are using the app are also using that Pulse survey. And most of them are doing an engagement survey and we're like, cool, do you want your people to be engaged or do you want them to feel like they belong? Um, (laughs) But they're doing it as supplemental, right? And in between, we suggest that they ask that demographic data there, but not in a way that's typically asked. So, for example, our lead developer was a black queer woman. Um, She's like, when people ask me that, I'm not answering, right? Because that's been used against me. And I'm not going to trust that you're not going to be able to track back to me. So, we suggest that you ask that demographic data. My race impacted the way I responded to this survey. Positively, negatively, no impact. My gender identity. Right. My um, my uh, my part of the being a part of the disability community or not. Right. So if you know and then as as one client said, and I love the way she said this, then she's like, then it's up to us to get in there and double click. 
right? And to, to go and have those conversations that we need to be having if we're seeing a lot of people saying, yeah, my race did impact how I responded to this, right? Versus yes, no, positively, negatively, no impact. Yeah, I just would be curious to know, like from a like demographic uh, perspective, like one of the things that we have learned in speaking to different guests is really about the fact that, you know, what, what, what the experience is for different folks, as we know, it, it, there are differences in the experience for different employees based on a lot of different factors. And so I would be curious to know, like, are there things that are being looked up by certain groups or by folks with certain, you know, diversity, uh, you know, certain demographics, certain things, like, are there certain things they're looking at or that they're looking for, you know, kind of back to Jackie's question around, you know, what do you do with folks that have, that are in these marginalized and, up, you know, underrepresented and, you know, historically ignored groups to make sure that they do feel like they aren't taking on the burden of teaching, but also taking on um, just the, just the work overall of diversity, equity, inclusion. And, you know, obviously the ERG groups, we know that those are historically and, and, you know, we just know that a lot of those folks are from the marginalized groups that are participating in employee resource groups. So how do you check for like the engagement of everyone? How do you check for the engagement of, you know, everyone across the board, not just by business unit or, uh, you know, site or whatever, but also by some of those other diversity dynamics, you know? Yeah, uh, and, and yeah. I will say one of the things that the, the reason that we brought the app to life was that to take the burden off people, right? Mm -hmm. To take the burden off people from marginalized, underrepresented groups. Right, so instead of me going and asking um, somebody to say like, educate me, right? Which is, right, that, that white cisgender, right? All like the centering that happens, it's like, no, you, the app can educate you, <laughs> right? Um, asking those ERG leaders to do unpaid labor of coming up with content, they don't have to do it anymore. Right, mm -hmm. asking the, um, and I will say for this tool, and there's literally no tool that's a silver bullet, right? For this tool, right, and this, we, it's really a 360 solution. That data around how your people leaders are engaging with the tool is critical. So people leaders, in, people leaders impact at least 80% of an organization, and usually those new people, like they're newest in their role, they're nice but clueless, they're not experts, they're more scared than anybody else to say or do the wrong thing, and we're just, it, we're like, hey, good luck. Good luck creating this inclusive culture on your team, right? Yeah. So what we really have uh, folks lean in and look what are the behaviors that group is showing? Um, because if you see that group is using the app, and if you're seeing, um, and we just, we have a new badge challenge that's in the works that my team will throttle me afterward if I mention it right now, but it's gonna be a way to really track um, and create some gamification at that team leader level, because that's where the culture change happens.
Um, I'm sorry, Mo, but that was a tease. So you're going to have to make your team mad. What is it? Tell us everything. <laughs> so, we um, we have built in, as I said, those team play nudges. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't get, um, you can earn badges for different things, right? Favoriting content, sharing badges, streaks. They're going to be able to learn, uh, earn an inclusive leader badge for completing those team plays. Right, so that's gonna, it, it's gonna be super direct. And, and that's the other way, although the data is aggregate and anonymous, I can share my badge with anybody, right? So if I wanna know, and I'm curious if a particular group is using, I can throw down a badge challenge, right? And say, I wanna see if, if we can earn streaks, right? And whoever earns streaks. So there's interesting things that is happening there. One of the, and again, all of this is change management. One of the things that we put in, um, one of the early nudges, and, and that's the other piece around the neuroscience of this, like it's nudge format, um, because when you're talking about behavior change, it's, it's little things that are happening over time. The longest piece of content in the app is about three and a half minutes, right? But it's about the consistency. One of the very first nudges is share that you're up to good. Right, share behavior change is hard, um, right? So if you're trying to remember if it's deaf, hard of hearing, hearing impaired, right? That I, I might not care about that until I, and, and again, people hate hearing this. We want people to do this work because it's the right thing. And there are the 20% that are doing this work because it's the right thing, right? That we're staying, we're, we're, you know, willing to get uncomfortable, we're willing to learn new things, we're willing to stay curious. And then there's a whole lot of people that it's like, I, I'm nice, but clueless. And if I, if I want to remember why to do this, I got to know what's in it for me. And, and that's any behavior change. And people hate And when I hear you, I now I'm just in such a bubble. It's like, you're nice, but racist, period. Not nice, but clueless. Just call it what it is, right? Like we have, and I and keep in mind, I am in a full bubble. Like we, you know, look at language. We create inclusive workspaces. I'm responsible for creating a, a work uh, inclusive workspace, and we do it like a lot of the things are so the opposite of what you're saying. Not because it's not because it's better. It's just I'm doing it. Right. So it's like we all bring ourselves to those tape to the table and we bring our experiences. And it's like I think that there's things that that are happy that meet there right in the middle. Why those things are so important to have those perspectives, because if I thought that a company was learning inclusive like inclusivity, but nobody's telling that like the head of of, of sales that their team isn't diverse or requiring people to go to training because they're not going to do it. I don't know. I think that like, that's not what you're describing as a safe person for the oppressor, but not a safe place for the oppressed. It sounds like to me in some of the language that you are saying. And that's kind of where I was getting at in the beginning. And it's it's my perspective i don't have time to feel unsafe while you go to an app like there's some things that just have to be but that also could mean it's the state of where the organizations are so if this is helpful and this is where they're starting great but oh, i think there's different 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, and and I super appreciate that, right? Because I think what what I'm talking about is not allowing people to stay in nice but clueless, right? For them to under the the app is to understand what matters is your impact, right? Mm-hmm. And and that you are responsible, like you are responsible for doing the work. You are responsible for showing up. You are responsible for understanding that when you other somebody, the same pathways fire as physical pain. Right. That, like that, those are some of the very first nudges. And I think there's also the, right. You could say nice, but ableist, right. When you look at a hyper, hyper marginalized group, it's the disability community, right. When you look at hyper marginalized group, right. Black women, when you look at, so I think it is, this is depending on where an organization is, it's either supplemental Right. And they're using it to fill gaps like we have not been able to get programming and resources to a huge part of our population because they're not sitting at a desk. Right. And yeah. by the way, that one time training doesn't work. It doesn't change behavior. We've, and, and people, organizations keep throwing good money after bad at that one time training because it makes them feel good and they can check a box. But that is not going to change their culture. Right. So I think it is, um, it is not a silver bullet and it is filling a gap that hasn't been filled before. Right. Like, yeah, I hear that a lot as well with our, like, we always say, this is just a piece, like it's not going to solve everything. And so it's like looking at all the various pieces to make sure that you're, you know, if you're, if you're into box checking, that you're checking all the boxes, (laughs) I would say, go ahead. Ahead and check the box so you don't have to check the box. You know, every time I go on vacation and I've gone on millions, I like Google what to pack. Like every single, I'm about to go to Vegas tomorrow. No idea what to wear. Still, like I, I will check it until I realize what it means to be in Vegas. I forget every year. So check it if you have to check it. That's that right. That's what we say, just because we know that some people might be checking a box and some people are leaning in and doing the work on that box that you just checked. Mm-hmm. Where? Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, this is it's one piece to the puzzle. And I think that's the piece that, it, you know, does get lost sometimes in translation is that not one thing is going to fix it all. Um, and I think that's where. Because I think that's what leaders want a lot of time. They are like, what is the thing I can do? The one thing I can do that's going to fix want, everything. They're like, they, they, oh, want the, they want the easy, bu- the easy button, right? They want, yeah. and there is no easy button. No. That's I the, just think clueless is too nice. It's too <laughs> nice. It's too nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I think it also, that's, it, it comes down to also the, you know, assuming positive intent versus understanding the impact. It's the same, you know, kind of those, that same thing is that, We've all been taught, oh, assume positive intent. But you, if you're on the receiving end of those words, of those you know microaggressions or those actions, how can you assume positive intent over and over and over again without going? At what point do these people get it? And at what point do people figure it out that I don't have to educate, that I don't have to be the the I'm going to say I'm going to use the word victim, but maybe that's not probably the right word, but the person on the receiving end of that microaggression. Exactly. And and that's what, right. That's what this is, is you don't get to stay clueless, right? You have to own your responsibility and your responsibility is in all of those interactions that you're having all the time. 
you have to understand what a microaggression is. You have to understand, right, what language you might use or how you do something impacts deeply other people around you. And that's on you, right? That's on, that's on you. That's not on the other person. And, and they, don't, they don't care if you're nice. Right. What they yeah. care is how it made them feel and how it's impacting their, their life and their career. Absolutely. So you do a live stream weekly. Tell yeah. us about that. Tell us a little bit about that. It's have conversations like this. Um, so we are, um, you know, whether it is a chief diversity officer or somebody talking about, um, you know, what they've done around, we've had some great ones just across the board. It is for anybody that is interested in doing the work. We say show up, listen, learn something from experts um, that are doing the work, right? That are staying in motion. Right? We always talk about doing the next right thing, right? And, and doing the next right thing and doing the next right thing. Um, and some of those things are big and some of those things are small, but you gotta stay in motion. And so it's super, super fun. Um, just and across the spectrum of um, people who are consultants to internal to, you know, how do I run this um, employee resource group, right? Experts on that. So love, love, love. And the, and the goal is for everybody leaves and they've learned one thing, right? Or they've been reminded of something. Yeah. And I think that's it. And the more we can reinforce and educate and just continue to build the skill set, I think that's where we where we start to see more wins. Um, and I think oh, go ahead. I was there's just people. so much to be done. There's yeah. so much to be done, and like the more we can be learning from each other, the more that we can um, question the way we've been approaching things, the way we've been, we've been doing things. And sometimes it's like sometimes you can learn from somebody else's mistakes, right? You can also learn from like, oh my gosh, hadn't thought about that. I'm going to grab that and run with that. So you don't have to like necessarily skin your knees to get there. Somebody yeah. else's skin their knees. Absolutely. Okay. Um, all right. So the way we like to end our episodes is, is to talk, uh, you know, about what is one thing that you want to make sure our listeners heard one thing that, you know, our listeners hopefully learned from this episode. I think it is, it's a little bit what we were talking about, that inclusion is in the everyday, all day long moments. Um, and what are you doing both to, if you're on, if you are in a position to provide that, what are you doing to provide resources? Mm -hmm. And what are you doing for yourself to look in the mirror and say, how do I do? Right? Like, how do I do today? How do I do this week? Because um, we don't get a hall pass on it. Right. No, I like that. I think that's, um, I'm going to go before you, Jackie. So now I'm gonna... <laughs> Jackie always gives me grief that I steal her thunder um, or, or copy her. Uh, so I think I, I like what you're saying about kind of doing the next right thing. And, you know, I think that's something that I, you know, I know that's kind of a, a mantra of yours that, that you uh, shared that you live by. And I think that's the piece that there's just always more growth, always more to do. And what's the next thing that you're going to do to learn, listen, hear, whatever it might be to get better at this. And, and it is an evolution. And, you know, it is that, that mercury of 
always changing and and i i, I like the idea of mercury it also just from that and there's some danger <laughs> there's some danger involved as well that we need to be very thoughtful about so uh yeah i think that's the, the piece that you know it can get uh it can get not great very quickly if it's not done correctly so which i know that was not like a actual real so proud step. of you katie though but going before i mean like that's the first step See, i'm growing i'm growing Jackie. <laughs> i love that i love that what's um, your one I think my one thing is <laughs> what Katie said. No, just kidding. Um, I think my <laughs> one thing is really that there's no silver bullet. It's it's trying to look at a 360 and meet people where they are with tools that they may need in those in those moments, right? Mm -hmm. So making sure and and you know, we're all trying to help figure this thing out. So, you know, explore all of these resources until something sticks. Is that like 25 things? It was yeah, kind of like seven, okay. I think. It's yeah, okay. It's right? okay. Every time, every time it's like 25. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. That's um, why Katie has to say, oh, me too, because I like run tape <laughs> covers all the things. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, let me tell you about all the things I heard in the last five minutes. I'm like, uh, um, Mo, thank you so much for joining us. Truly appreciate it. Uh, you know, we enjoyed speaking with you and, and thanks for joining us today. Um, my name is Katie Van Horn. And I am Jackie Clayton. Bye. Bye. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.